following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And the NFL season is stronger than ever before. And right now, new customers can bet $5 on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. All you have to do is use code HUGE when you sign up. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to the huge show.net. Also, you can listen to the free stream there, weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search the huge show. And you can listen anywhere in the world where you give mobile service inside this hour. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, he's in Cooperstown, the most pinch hits. In a single Major League Baseball season out of Hudsonville, Michigan. Played for the Broncos back in the day. Fabulous golfer. He'll join us. We'll talk about the end of Miguel Cabrera's career in Detroit and in Major League Baseball. Yesterday was sweet, but I thought the Tigers were milking it too much over the weekend. Yesterday was a, a, a an emotional send-off. Miguel, last time out there, makes a play up first, but... It was getting borderline like you're milking it too much. You had the crowds. Let it be natural. The emotion was there. The roar of the crowd was real. Dan Dickerson. But it was just, it was close to too much. I'll just be honest. But in the end, uh, Miguel ends his career uh, in Detroit full of emotion. Said it was the toughest game yesterday he ever had to walk out onto the field and his family and friends. And he's going to be a special assistant uh, to the president, which the Illiches do with all their former big names. Hockey, Tigers, they all get a spot. You treat Free money. Right? Well, you, you treat the organization right for years and you're loyal. The Illiches are loyal back to you. They do that. They've done it with Ingo down the laundry list. Yuri Fisher, Draper, Chelios was in the front office for a while, brought Stevie Y back. So the other voice you hear is John uh, Vanderwall. So uh, the end uh, of a career, I know we touched on it last week, but... You know, the full house, I I thought one of the stories I read saying what stood out over the weekend was what Comerica used to be like 2006 through 2014, right? Give Mm -hmm. or take at least 2013. Absolutely. That was was every weekend, not not every night during, you know, non-summer dates, but that's the emotion, that roar, uh, how great the Tigers fans are. And John, I know you've played... You know, with Jeter, with Bonds, you know, San Diego. Uh, you played all around. But the fans in the state of Michigan and in Detroit are as good as any in baseball. I think Detroit fans are the best 
You really around. do? Across yeah. the board? Absolutely. Loyalty? Would yep. you say in terms of loyalty? Loyalty. They support their teams. Oh, yeah. I, I had uh, Bruce Ruffin. In fact, his son, Chance Ruffin, and he got drafted by the Tigers, and they were, like, sweating it out a little bit. And I said, what are you sweating about? Detroit's got the best fans around and sports fans in America. And he looked at me, and eventually they got to Detroit, and they saw it, and they loved it. And, yeah, but it, Detroit does it right. I mean, I'm a huge Tiger and Lions fans, but uh, I thought they did it right this weekend for, for the kid, you know, for Cabrera. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's a great way to end a season, by the way, where – they exceeded expectations. Oh, big time. Yeah, the way they finished. And you and I have been talking about the Tigers all year in studio. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, one of our Tigers, uh, MLB insiders. That will be Tigers. Tigers, yay. Am I slurring right now on air? What's going on? Well, you're probably just getting over the uh, emotional day you had yesterday. Oh, with, the Ryder with, Cup. With with the whipping of uh, myself and Mr. Couples That was the, the, the Tullymore Cup. It was uh, yeah. my couple's. And John Vanderwall taking on Mark Rasmussen and myself. 36 holes of action-packed golf that featured some great play from Vanderwall. Mike Couples uh, was looking like Herman Munster at times with the swing. Uh, Mike, by the way, I did joke around on air last week after the Special Olympics uh, golf outing that Mike Couples had lost 171 games in a row as head coach at Grand Rapids Junior College for baseball. That was just me kind of ribbing him. He is one of the great junior college coaches the game has ever seen. I also said Rick Moore, uh, who pitched at Grand Valley, and a good friend of ours. We played uh, in the kids' food basket golf outing Saturday at beautiful Indian Trails in Grand Rapids. A That's great, a great course. Yeah, redone municipal course. I said Rick gave up 19 homers in one half of an inning. It was only 15 so I want to correct myself there. I don't want to get guys in trouble. But there you go with Raz, with you and Cups. Uh, uh, Cups uh, did play maybe the worst eighteen he's ever played. <laughs> well, it, you know what? Hats off to you and Raz. Uh, you guys went on a blistering four I, or five listen, hole back. The show last isn't nine. about me, Johnny. The show isn't about me. And uh, you guys suck it. You guys did a great job. It, this, this show's not about me. It's kind of hurting it, on the way home because it, I got it, blistered so bad the lap final nine. You're so comp- I, what I do love about you and golfing a lot this year with you, and what I really like with Cups, and I know we're just ribbing him and. Uh, Rick Moore, but I like I like the competitive side of my friends. Even watching Superfly, his game gets so much better. He was with his team, but their goal was to get to the bar afterwards. So their goal wasn't to win uh, the tournament. We were thirteen under. The we money, did. We, we gave did. the money back for finishing in a tie for second. We got money. Yeah, we gave it back. I gave it to kids' food basket. How much money did we get? Sixty bucks, fifteen bucks a guy. Oh, why you you? You want me to go over to Kids Food Basket and tell <laughs> tell eight kids they're not getting a PBJ and so banana we, tomorrow? We, we placed, huh? I didn't know it. We tied for second. Awesome. There was a scoring mistake at the top, so 14 under won it. Two minus 13s at beautiful Indian trails, and it was connected to Superfly's Golf League, which, you know, half the guys were uh, able, they're completely off probation, so it was just a really good time. Superfly was with his buddies. Uh, that was a bucket list place. One one guy me. was was cleared. And, uh, just good people. That's I mean, great. They were and they were oh, and there was a big clap for the guys throwing on the tournament. This was a pretty good joke. You weren't there. Uh, is that there's a big roar in the tent, and I go, ah, oh, it sounds like 
Uh, they just announced that I'm retiring from the radio. And one of his buddies said, no, that would have been louder. <laughs> so I can dish it out. I can take yeah. it. I'm good with it. I, that's good. I had a good, that was a, that was a fun day Saturday. It was. And Indian Trails for the city of Grand Rapids, you know what? You know, what these cities are forgetting with all this urban sprawl is you're forgetting your local golf courses that are still open to the public. I, I like the private side, and I know you do too. Uh, but I also love a good municipal course. I know what it means. I'm watching kids from their first tee program while yeah. we're swearing and yelling on hole nine. These little kids are going, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, kids, here you go. Here's a free ball. Here, here's a buck. Go get some uh, Starburst or Skittles. And it, it's still important. Yes, it you know, is. Like, like my my good friend Ken Sanders is telling me there's a fight that Gracewell on the northwest side of GR, there's a big developer wanting to put in a gazillion houses. Yeah. You know, you're going to lose all these public courses. It's going to eventually hurt the game of golf. Yeah, and I have always wanted to golf over at Indian Trails. It's been on 28th Street there, and I've always went by. And it is, it was a bucket list. I got to, I got to. It golf used to be Saturday. a dog track. Let's be honest. I didn't know, but I mean, I tell you what, it, it, what a nice place. It was awesome, and I thoroughly enjoyed our Saturday morning there. It was awesome. Yeah. One note though, from my friend Ken Sanders, if you're in Alpine Township. On the northwest side of GR, there will be a referendum uh, vote uh, coming up uh, in November and a no vote uh, on 23-01 would mean no to 540 housing units on 108 acres, no to multiple family units, no to traffic nightmares, no to stormwater, rain flooding, no to total destruction of protected woodlands. So you got if you're in Alpine Township, you want to... Uh, again, you're not going to protect the golf course. The land has been sold. Okay. But who knows? If, if the referendum uh, is approved, we be, have to vote no so it can get tricky. Sometimes people send out oh, stuff yeah. and they say, vote yes, you vote no. You could maybe, uh, roundabout way, save some green space. Yeah, and I heard the Pines is going to be open another year. Yeah, because they're, again, developers. You're yeah. going through cities that are, I think there's a lot of debate here. I, I get where an owner has run a municipal course forever and a family. And, and then all of a sudden, developers are offering you big money. I get that. Yeah. And you want to get out of it. But also, I see guys like Nick Lipinski, who redoes North Kent Golf Course in Rockford. Awesome place. And now he just bought Alpine uh, really? Golf Club. So he's gonna, he takes ownership of that here in a week, and they're going to redo that. So there's that commitment uh, and the need, which I know Nick Lipinski and... Eric Schwab and the crew get that we need our public courses. I'll tell you what, North Kent, what a place. That yeah, was awesome. I know. So it, or it is awesome. It's not yeah, So those of you in Alpine Township, uh, again, it's not stunning growth, but you, get, you need to get out uh, and uh, vote uh, no, because uh, I support that. I, I hate seeing the municipal courses go away because that's where kids start. Mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of young guys will go play Gracewell, right, when they're 14, 15, get dropped off. You go out with your dad. It's a course. I remember all, and now we are growing, which is cool. So, but I, I, I get the growth. I'm not going after developers, but you know what they're doing up there in Alpine Township. No, you need to save the green space. Yeah, yeah. Kids need, kids need, kids need spots to go hang out. Yep. And the game of golf, I'm seeing it boom. Look at all the kids that were at on the practice. Packed uh, practice range uh, at Indian Trails. Yes. So that was that was fun. Thank you. And kids' food basket benefited on Saturday, and then yesterday, Mark Rasmussen and Bill Simonson benefited <laughs> with Mike Cubbles. Oh, and John they did. Vandalus. 
Say seven yeah. under on a two-person scramble from the blue and white combo, which is what, like sixty-one hundred yards, whatever it I is. I don't know. It was good golf. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to brag. This show is not about me. By the way, you are listening to the Huge Show on the Huge Radio Network. One eight six six eight three eight Huge. That's one eight six six eight three eight four eight four three. John Vanderwall, <laughs> former major leaguer in studio. Don't swear. I got mail. We got the. I got to make sure the. I got to make sure the delay's on right now because I know. Well, I'll tell you what, that Tullymore in St. Ives was awesome, too. Yeah, I just got to make sure the delay was on because I think I'm getting, I'm annoying you, which isn't a surprise to anybody who knows me. No. All right, so we get done and I I get home and I DVR'd, you know, Miguel's last game on Bally Sports Detroit and just the roar. And we talked last week where you look at K-Line. You, you know, Miguel's right there in that top five of all-time Tigers, right? Yep. And he did it the right way. And as this game is changing now with so much movement, it's going to be rare to see that guy who gives his whole life. Uh, or fin- Well, again, remember, he started with Florida, when, right. you know, with the Marlins. People forget that. Uh, but that spends that much time with one team. Yeah. I mean, what a career he had. I mean, the last three or f- last three years, they weren't going to get rid of him. At what I mean, was he making a year? Twenty million, twenty-five million a year. So I mean, they weren't going to get rid of him, but they did it the right way. What a tremendous career he has had! And Detroit three-one-three showed up and packed the place for three days. Uh, the Saturday and Sunday game. The Saturday, I watched the Saturday game. It was just what a beautiful eighty-degree day. Places packed. The crowds into it. What was it, an eight nothing game, and it it everything just fell in place for Miguel Cabrera on the final weekend for him, which I tip my hat to him. I mean, the accomplishments that this guy has done, and he does have one World World Series. I, you know, you wish he would have got one uh, with the Tigers, but what a tremendous hitter! I mean, he still came out and what was he hitting at the end of the year here? Two sixty, two seventy, two eighty. Heck, I, I don't know, but he was rolling at the end here. At I mean, they say he's forty, but okay, say at forty years old. You know, he was rolling, and the guy could still hit at this age and tip, you know, tip my hat to him, and uh, he's riding off into pasture with, uh, with a lot of fond memories from Detroit. He said in, in some of these articles you're reading now with career over that he had lost his confidence last year. He wasn't sure, you know, again, the money was sitting there to finish it out, but it, it was a real tough year for him, and then... You know, the Tigers began the season kind of like last year, and we're wondering, where are they going? Oh, my God, is this another, you know, five-year rebuilding project? And they deliver, uh, really, June, July, August, September, four quality months of baseball outside of a little swoon there in July. Yeah, they they started hitting. They got enough offense where they scored enough runs to win. Now, granted – this was a much better year, but you know, last year they were downright horrible, and I think he was he was fighting a lot of injuries, and to go out in that field, it had to have been miserable last year to try to try to go out in the field and compete with that Detroit Tigers offense. That was one of the worst I've ever seen in baseball. You're talking so, last year, yeah. Last yeah, year was yeah. was absolutely he couldn't even watch it. It was so bad. You know, if they scored three runs, you'd want to go out and get uh, go get a Happy Meal at McDonald's because they finally scored three runs. I mean, it was bad. This year they got enough offense. They were in a division that had 200 lost teams. And you can't – you have to still focus on some of the stuff. I mean, if they were in the American League East, they might have lost 100 games. 
Let's be honest. But, but they were but, in the Senate. But, well, where they are, like we said last week, though, John, where they're at right now, and Scott Harris uh, did the kind of wrap up the season uh, Q&A with the media earlier today, and where they're at right now, there is not mega pressure for them to go spend $200 million on the open free agent market. Well, and plus they got what twenty five million extra off of Cabrera's salary that they're 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 going to have money. He did say that they're going to they're not going to sign anybody that would be in the way or block the path of an upcoming minor leaguer, and they don't have a ton of minor league pitchers that look right. close to being major league ready, right? Well, it's what we talked about in the, the previous couple of weeks when we're in here is that they feel that they have enough organizational pitching. They feel they have what it's going to take to win. I do, I totally disagree. I do not think they have what what it takes, but um, you know, hopefully these kids can maybe show me that I'm wrong and and that they're right and these kids can go out and perform. What I've seen, they need pitching like we said they need they need two more starters, but I could see it coming all along. They're going to give these guys a shot. Um, they're going to give the Mannings a shot. Um, see if Fiedo can bounce back. Mines, see, right? Uh, yeah, they're going to give these guys a shot. I, you know, he talked about Turnbull again. I uh, today it was brought up. I can't that, believe he's talking that. He said, "Yeah, Turnbull, we expect him to be ready for Lakeland." So that is even a sign that they're hoping Turnbull, Mize, Fiedo are all injury free and ready to go with Reese Olson and Scoobel. Well, Reese Olson could be something. I, I, and they're not I was off Rodriguez. on him. He said there's been no conversations. What you said earlier, no, no conversations with Rodriguez. Yeah, I, yeah. Which he, sounds like they're moving on, and he's going to opt out, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah, that's what it sounds. But like. they're stuck with bias. That's the only really negative moving forward, right? And now. I, I, you know, I read a comment in a, in a paper that he said he's lost and he can't find it. You know, I mean. I could, I could, I could find his swing in seven notes. You know, I mean, playing name that too. So I could, could f- oh, I could fix him, and you could I fix could fix him. him in three days. I got, Absolutely. I got Scott Harris's number. Me no, and I, no, but I could, I could fix him in three days. What we could do is go down to a Lions game. You got season tickets. We could go a Lions game. Go over to the cages uh, down below with Javi. You and I could work with them and get them right. Yeah. But I'm, but I, I am being you serious. Know, I could, I could fix him. There's, there's no question I could fix him. So what? In case Javi's listening, because well, he might be in the there. airport, you know, waiting to waiting for his flight to uh, Puerto Rico. He's just turning too much. He's turning his body too much. He's he's got too much turn. Uh, he's got too much spin. We could, we could get rid of it, especially with him, him and me together. We probably two days. So how, how, how do Tigers with how many coaches? Like thirteen, whatever it is, the number. Yeah, but how many have played the game? How many played the game in the big leagues? How many played the game? Not in the analytics minor guys who no, try and fix I mean, swings, right? The, the, and they're hitting guys. How many guys even played minor league baseball or uh, who? I don't. I don't know. But this out of the sixteen coaches, I, I mean, you got Gary Jones, the first base coach, has you know, they got two or three guys who might have some kind of big league time, minor league time. So if I'm a big league player there and I'm listening to somebody who's trying to tell me how to hit and how well he did at, you know, division three Appalachian U and how well he did, uh, you know, I can't do that. And, and he, you would only listen to guys that have been there right? Well, or played in the minor leagues or, you know, had some, yeah, had some experience in, in, you know, the ups and downs of, of professional baseball, I would listen to them, but it's, it's very difficult when you got 16 guys and I don't know how many are in there that have actually had time. So that's, that's, but that, that's how AJ wanted it. AJ didn't want a lot of big league guys. 
So it is what it is. When I read some of Harris, Scott Harris, a new, well, not new, he's the Tigers uh, team president. When I read his comments, I, I think they believe if they could get a April, May faster start, they still could win the Central with the pitching they have. I disagree with that. I don't see anybody, okay, out of all the names they've talked about, not, not that they've talked about, that they have that are system guys, which would be Mize coming back from an injury, Turnbull, uh, Fajardo, uh, Reese Olsen, what we've seen so far this year, Schoolbull. Uh, you're not going to have Rodriguez, who obviously was the ace of your staff. Who are your top three pitchers next year when you show up to catchers and pitchers reporting in Lakeland, February 2024? Scoobal and Olsen right now. I mean, they're going to they're going to put. Why they let Lorenzen go? I, where he could have been that three starter. I think they saw what I saw is that the kid started out really fast and had very was very productive. And then they felt he hit a wall and there was going to be nothing else there. Value, I, I watched right? him pitch and I was like, I, I didn't see a lot there. He was successful. Um, of course, I'm a hitter, so I will never give pitchers respect. But I didn't see a lot there. I, you know, I, he just looked like a, a bomb ready to go off to give give up 12 runs. I, but he was successful. I mean, how is he doing in Philly now? Well, his ERA for the season uh, is 3.58. Okay. So, so between the two teams, 103 innings pitched. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing in Philly. So Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, Philly. It looks like they were, you know, he moved out to the bench. He threw a no-hitter earlier, remember Yeah, that? but then is he, was he, did he move him to the pen then? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, like he, he wasn't, yeah, because everyone you see, you, you see it. You just, he's not a starter. You just, you see it. And they got rid of him. I, I don't blame him. I, you got to, you got to. Boom, he's out. They got out. They got something for him that might not pan out, but. Yeah, nine and nine with an ERA of 4.10. Yeah. 111 I, strikeouts, which is a good number. But they, they said get something for him and move it on. Yeah, they I, got some high A guy. Well, they got Job down on the farm. I mean, they're going to, I think they're going to run some guys and see what they can hit on if they can find two or three quality big league starters from guys that they have paid and drafted. Well, I mean, they want Manning to be their one or two, or probably does he have two. the fastball to be a one or two? No, he does not. That's why he's had he's got his foot broke twice by getting hit by 120 mile an hour bullets. I mean, because I'm, it, I mean, I'm being no serious fastball. here. He's I mean, there's at times that if if he is spot on, I'm not saying he's not a big league pitcher, but he's not what they want him to be. He is a four, five guy that that as he matures that he can maybe become a, a, a three. He reminds me a little bit, and I've said it before, I think it's a Kyle Gibson with the Orioles. Or, he was always kind of a guy that was always, seemed like the, his team would score runs and he'd have a you know a 15 or, a, it's not 15 anymore, but say 11 and seven with a four nine ERA. But he would win, and I think he's doing better this year. He's he's made himself into a into a pretty good pitcher, but his stuff hasn't wasn't tremendous. It was stuff was average at best, and that's what I really see with um, with Manning is just the softball. I mean the softball, the fastball, just it, it's not there. And then they want to talk about the the slider and the changeup, and then it's just. Average at best stuff, but they are going to give him. Right. He is he's in the rotation. Those three are in the rotation. Yeah, so. Scooble probably ends up being your your one. He is the one. Right? Yeah, I mean he seven and three this year with an ERA just a little under three. Not bad. 
pretty good. And yeah. I, you know, from where he was before he got hurt, I don't see the life, the quite the life that he had last year. Last year, I was like, man, this guy is something. I don't quite see the life on it, on his stuff, but it's still pretty good. And Bo Brisky, spot starts out of the pen, 3.6. ERA, Manning, 3.6. 5-4, Brisky, you know, 2-3 and three in terms of wins and losses. And, you know, Fiedo, he's a guy that 4.5 ERA, not a lot of strikeouts, right? You don't you don't like his stuff either, right? I don't like I don't yeah, he's a he's an he's a he's a triple A guy. Up down Why are they guy. still holding on to Turnbull? Hope they get somebody through an injury again that well, is cheap and could help them as a fifth starter, right? And I think they've got their fingers crossed. They know what kind of mental he's a mental he's, he's a mental dude, man. Just a mental dude. I don't know how he is in the clubhouse, but if the arm comes back, there was some lightning in that arm, man. There was some some plus stuff in that arm, which he didn't show in the beginning of the year. And then he had his neck hurt, and then what his ear hurt, and then something else hurt, and he never came back. But they're going to give him one more chance, which I I would do too, because if you can catch that lightning in the bottle with him, because he only he only's going to have a couple more years. That's it. He's what thirty two now, thirty three. This will be next spring if he's not ready to go and be if, a starter. He's but someone will always somebody will always give an arm a chance. You can be forty one, and if you're throwing ninety fives, hey, that's that's the reality. Could, maybe it could be a you know middle <laughs> so, reliever, right? If he's still got some juice, and then. And you got Reese Olson was five and seven with an ERA just below four, which is which a bad. lot of it was in the beginning when he was getting pummeled, figuring out major league baseball. Yeah, he was, right? yeah, he was getting, he was getting pummeled. We'll see. You know, they got some interesting arms out of the bullpen that were, you know, Will Vest pitched well, Alex Lang, you know, ERA right there around. I wasn't an Alex Lang fan three. either. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I but he's a, but he's a reliever and. He, these relievers are up and down. I mean, next year he could be the best. The, he could be the best. Don't you still uh, need as a as a a solid reliever, a, a top shelf guy? You need a fastball. You can get by somebody. Yes. I, I, they can't touch it because there's a runner on third, one out, and you need. You know that ninety eight. Yeah. You know it. it um, he had that fastball early, but and he did have he had some pretty good break on his off speed, but he could never throw it for a strike. And in the beginning of the year, people were swinging at it, and then they stopped swinging at it because he couldn't throw his off speed for a strike, and he couldn't. He had he had trouble throwing his two seamer for a strike. So once that gets around the league, people start they stop swinging, and he got in trouble. Well, if you get Mize and Turnbull back, and they could be your four and five starters, good. Yeah, and you got Schoolbull and Reese Olson, and. And you are in the AL Central. Uh, yeah, I know you. You are in the AL Central with two 100 loss teams, and and like we went through the, the the everyday lineup. If you look at next year, almost looks set. You got Jake Rogers at catcher, uh, Torque at first base is on the verge of being one of the better power hitters in baseball. He had a good year, and, and like, like I said last week, very proud of him. Uh, he belongs. Let's see what he does next year. There's still there. There are some holes in that swing, but uh, he he had a fabulous, fabulous second half. Of the and season. any chance of buying out Baez? Just telling him, look, we're not going to play. Uh, uh, or are you going to hold on to it that you can fix him during the offseason? No, they're going to try to fix him. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's worth the attempt to try to fix him because this guy. This He's guy's, still great on D, though. Right? Yeah, at times. Yeah. But got McKinstry at second, so Baez at short, third base. Uh, 
you know, you, you would say right now is Veerling and your outfield, which we discussed last week, with Riley Green injury prone, but he'll be in it. Your outfield is, at least right now, uh, Badu, Riley Green, Kerry Carpenter come spring training. It's not bad. No, it's not. It's not bad. And then your DH next year is a rotation. Well, maybe it's Riley Green as a DH. Yeah, like we said, we said that, yeah. Or Kerry Carpenter rotates with Riley in the outfield, and he doesn't get as much chance for injury. And then you, you want to keep Veerling strength. can go out there too, yeah. Yeah, and Veerling, and uh, then you know, uh, Colt Keith is he going to be ready to play third and come up? I was I was looking at AAA stats today, and he actually was like two eighty seven with thirteen. Could he could he grab third base next year? I, and I Veerling's mean, your fourth outfielder. I wouldn't. I mean, he hadn't, to me, hasn't done enough. He'd and then there's Parker to... Meadows in the mix that oh, we discussed. Parker, yeah, Parker's going to play center field every day. Parker's going to be a center so field. So Green will go to where? Left or left, right? Yeah, he's going to go left or right. Yeah, And Parker stay away from center. having to chase down balls, right? Yeah, which which could help him. Um, you know, these guys, like we talked about it, we talked about it before, these guys that are injury prone, you got to stop diving and stop. I mean, I, I know it sounds like, what are you talking about? you got to back off a little bit, pump, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on defense. You've got to make some plays, but um, it's 162 games. You just can't, and it's tough for people not to go all out. But it, he's had significant injuries the past two years. He has. I mean, it's it's significant, and I know that they are worried about this. They're going, "What are we going to do?" I mean, this is to the second year row. The kid can't make it through. Can't make it through the year and, and has what 300 at bats in left field. Well, it could be. And yeah. Parker Meadows, who can run and hit for power. Is in center. So the foundation is there, JV. It'll be interesting how it plays out. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer out of West Michigan, calls uh, West Michigan home. Also a volunteer assistant coach with a powerful Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central Rangers who came up with a shutout of mighty East Grand Rapids. Johnny V, volunteer assistant. Is Ty Halleck still volunteering? Is he yep. done? Ty, Ty was there Friday night. and, and his... Love that guy. His son is uh, playing very well at, at Western. Western. Yeah, a great safety great at Western job. that somehow Mel Tucker couldn't find a spot for him in that god-awful Michigan State defense. But Mel's gone now. Yeah. And there's a fresh start. And good luck to Tate Halleck, who is one of the greatest athletes. Because my kids played against him, the older kids. And this dude, no matter what sport, was one of the greatest young athletes he was like Baby Ruth. I didn't call him Babe Ruth. I called him <laughs> Baby Ruth. Yeah, he was. And he's tearing it up for Lance Taylor at Western. He's he doing could, awesome. He's blocking punts in practice or in the Miami game, and he can't find his way into Mel Tucker's lineup. I'll say this. Away from all the garbage with Mel Tucker, he was a horrible football coach. The preceding huge opinion does not reflect John Vanderbilt, <laughs> Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central football. <laughs> Or anybody connected to the Halleck family. I needed Jimmy John's number eleven right now. You look hungry. I do. You got you got this hangry look. I Same do. look you had yesterday when I'm dropping forty foot bombs for birdies. <laughs> that was the game changer. It was, man. I, can you can that be my nickname now with you? Game changer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Let's do that. All right, Johnny. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, brother. Yeah, John Vanderwall, former major leaguer. If you're ever at the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, you won't see anything connected to me. But John Vanderwall, the most pinch hits in a single season in the history of the game, the history of baseball. He's immortalized forever in Cooperstown, at least until somebody breaks it. But he's there right now, right? He's there. You've seen it. You've been there, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, you take your kids too, Jake? Emotional day, yeah, when you saw it. Yeah. I bet it was, man, because you've given your life to baseball, and you still help out, and you do a great job, and you're just a good man. Thank you, John. Go get your Jimmy Johns. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I, you don't get it free, but potato go get chip. it. You need, you need a potato chip. Get a uh, raisin cookie too, okay? Okay. Okay, thank you. John Vanderwell in the studio here on a Huge Opinion Monday. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Over to Tracy for breaking news. We have super good news, Dave. The super sale is back at Meyer Friday and Saturday only. Get the biggest savings on Meyer sliced bacon, fresh Meyer chicken tenderloins, select apples, Sargento cheese, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products, plus deposit where applicable, and brawny paper towels. Get Meyer super sale deals in-store or online while supplies last. Now that is super. Shop this Friday and Saturday only during the Meyer super sale. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Bill Simonson here for my good friend, Josh Garvey. He is a managing partner at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, and they'll be stronger together. And did you know Bean Garter can help your business with outsourcing your payroll and other business needs? That can help ease tax filing and year-end reporting, compliance reporting, human resources management, time and attendance tracking, and more. Just go to beangarter.com to find out more how they can help your payroll system and make your workplace that much smoother. Go to beangarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com. And they can help you with all your payroll needs. Like I mentioned, tax filing and year-end reporting, compliance reporting, human resources management, time and attendance tracking, and more. All your payroll needs can be handled by the team at Bean Garter. Find out more at BeanGarter.com. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer on a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up. New customers who do that can bet just five bucks on any NFL game, including the Lions and the Panthers on Sunday, and you'll get 200 in free bets instantly. That's code HUGE when you download the DraftKings. Sportsbook app. Good stuff with John Vanderwell. Man, he's grown into a major league broadcaster. Fantastic insight on Miggy's career in Detroit, future of the Tigers. Good to have him aboard. He's a good man. Loves his family, loves his country, and loves to watch me sink 40 foot birdies. 
when I'm playing against. On the way, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com will talk about Michigan thrashing the Huskers in hot Lincoln. Wolverine defense will not give up more than two touchdowns to any team on their schedule. Oh, here comes Twitter and Facebook. That is the weakest statement ever. No, I'm sticking with it. Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't I the guy that said golf eventually will be a better QB in Detroit than Stafford? None of you want to remember that. All those arrows I took and I held my ground. One nation under huge with liberty and justice for me. Tim Stout from Stout on Sports on Michigan State, Iowa. That was one of the ugliest games ever. I doubled, I looked, I said, is this on Peacock or is it on the Dental Root Canal channel with no Novocaine? State had a chance to steal one. Harlan Barnett is lost on the sidelines as the interim coach. That doesn't help him. They had Izzo there. They had D'Antonio there. They could have had Jesus, and it still was an ugly game, even though I would have been very respectful of the big guy. Then the Michigan State fans get mad at me when I say I don't see another win on their schedule. And then Sam Rasmussen, who is a Michigan State student and the son of Mark and Cindy Rasmussen, he goes, yeah, I see maybe three more. And I go, you should be suspended from academic classes at Michigan State. Three more, well, at Indiana, or no, the Nebraska at home, he said, at Indiana, and what was the other one? Was it Rutgers? I think it was, nah, they're not beating Rutgers. He didn't say Rutgers. I think he said two more, maybe three. I don't agree with that. So we'll talk to Tim Stout, Stout on sports, and then two of our PGA and LPGA insiders will break down the Ryder Cup. I give the U.S. credit for at least making it respectable but they were blown out early. And then there's Patrick Cantlay in the hat gate, and now Xander Shoffley almost got kicked off the Ryder Cup team, and they're complaining about money. My Lord, you're playing for your country. John Elk from our flagship station, 96 won the game. He works every day for iHeart, but also for America. Thank you, John. The dude flies a flag in every studio he works in. He does a national anthem on his phone before he starts any play-by-play or talk show. Thank you, John Ilk, a great American broadcaster. So Mark Wilson, PGA Rules official, Bill Hobson, Michigan Golf Live will join us. That was as ugly from the start to finish. Yeah, there was hope. Hey, maybe what if they win uh, 9 out of 12 singles matches? Not... They look at times like they didn't want to be there. And that's the ugly side of the PGA Tour, where guys got a ton of money, they're spoiled, and they just want to live their lives, which is their choice. Uh, How do you not have Phil or DJ there for their experience? Just Zach Johnson, uh, far and away the worst Ryder Cup captain I've ever seen. You want to join in? Good and bad from the Michigan and Michigan State football games over the weekend. That is our... McDonald's of Michigan, huge question of the day. Check out uh, your best burger on the board at your local McDonald's. You can join in 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. 
That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Everything huge 24 7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's Pumpkin Coin Toss. And you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m. And two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for Pumpkin Coin Toss. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Join Vidandal Institute Purple Community for the Be Brave 5K Walk and Run in Caledonia on October 7th at 8 a.m. Be Brave goes beyond fundraising events. It's a community of passionate individuals supporting breast cancer awareness and honoring survivors. You can join everybody for a day filled with fun and exercise, all while making a difference in the fight against breast cancer through supporting research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org to join this empowering event. That's VAI.org. Fuel up for less with M-Perks. Earn points on your purchases when you shop at Meyer in-store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save at the pump. Your dollar goes further at the pump with M-Perks. Plus, earn points for all qualifying purchases in the Meyer Express station. And keep a lookout for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Enter your M-Perks ID at checkout to earn. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max 30 gallons. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meyer.com to learn more. How would you like to win $1,500 in cash from Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Carter Adorn Mayhew Firm? All I have to do is beat my pro football picks and you could be the winner. Get your picks in until early Sunday morning at thehugeshow.net. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Lions and the Panthers, you can get on the action on Sunday. Just download the app and new customers. Then can bet $5 on the Lions-Panthers or any NFL game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage 
of an offer every game day this October. So get in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code HUGE when you sign up. After downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Also, if you miss any of our huge opinions, interviews, hours, or full shows, Our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts, and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Big. Bad. Huge. is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And the NFL season is stronger than ever before. And right now, new customers can bet $5 on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. All you have to do is use code HUGE when you sign up. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time for our number two on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Great weekend of sports. Michigan looked like the number two team in America. I saw Joel Klatt from Fox Sports has Michigan as the number one team in his personal top ten weekly poll. They're number two in the AP poll. Georgia was on the ropes against Auburn, but it's on the road in the SEC. Had a lot of people ask me, oh, Michigan should be number one now. I think it's different playing in a dogfight at Auburn than it is against a dog team like Nebraska in Lincoln. And the Big Ten is Penn State and Ohio State of Michigan. That's it. Wisconsin has the inside track to win the West. They're not that good in Luke Fickle's first year. Wolverines have the defense to go shut out both Penn State and Ohio State. They do. They have the defense. A little concerned about the big pass plays they'll let up, but as quick to the ball as I've ever seen a Michigan defense. 
Chris Ballas with Wolverine.com. We'll join us momentarily. We'll talk about that win in Nebraska and the rest of the Big Ten. Yeah, I, at Penn State, it's really what we talked about all season long. At Penn State and Ohio State of Michigan. Because you look through their schedule, you're like, okay, where do they lose? I mean, it's tough to find two losses for Michigan. It really is. There's no upset waiting to happen because there are a lot of bad teams in the Big Ten right now. So you can join in on our McDonald's of Michigan huge question of the day and check out the best burger on the board, your best burger on the board at your local McDonald's. Good and bad from Michigan's domination of Nebraska and good and bad from Michigan State against Iowa. They had that game once Cade McNamara went out and now they're saying that a knee injury and he may be done for the season. State was sitting there stealing a win. It doesn't matter what's going on off the field. This team came together would have been the headline. And Noah Kim, not, again, I don't pile on guys, but when you play college football and there's NIL money and the school's making billions off of it, you get critiqued. Noah Kim doesn't deserve another shot at starting a game at Michigan State. But it's not like they got a bevy of quarterbacks behind them. And that's their problem right now. They are who they are. The red shirt situation. Everybody didn't run for a red shirt. The transfer portal is open officially when Tucker was fired. I think those players aren't going to do that in season. If they're going to leave, they're going to do it uh, after the season. So we'll talk to Tim Stout coming up in a moment. Also, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com. Tim is with our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in the Lansing area, where you can hear the huge show weeknights, tape delayed, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. Stout on Sports is on at 10 a.m. So Stout and Ballas and then Mark Wilson, PGA Rules official, uh, will join us. And Bill Hobson uh, from Michigan Golf Live. Superfly, move one of the golf guys up right now, okay? I know you're not getting a hold of Chris. He's busy with the commentary. I know you're not getting a hold of Stout. So just move one of the golf guys out. We'll talk to them now. And we'll get Stout or Ballas later. All right? It's live radio. Those things happen. People don't pick up phones. It's 85 degrees. People are out on their patio. They're golfing. They're fishing. They're watching their kids. I get it. It's all you have to do. Simple and easy. We got Mark Wilson PGA Rules official, and Bill Hobson, uh, Michigan Golf Live, uh, who will join us uh, coming up. NFL action on Sunday, and I DVR'd a lot of it, and the Miami hype that they are the team to beat in the AFC ended with what Buffalo did to the Finns. Minnesota survived a scare from Carolina. And you had the Bears who continue uh, to be the worst team in football. So we'll talk NFL coming up later. Like I said, Michigan 
at Michigan State in football, Chris Ballas and Tim Stout. Right now, let's go to Bill Hobson, Michigan Golf Live. PGAL, PGA Tour Insider, radio edition during the golf season on most of these huge radio network stations. TV version here around on Valley Sports uh, Detroit. And uh, Bill, there wasn't a lot of hype going into this past weekend in Italy in the Ryder Cup Europe versus the Americans. And the first day might have been the worst day I've ever seen in Ryder Cup history. Zach Johnson's captain's picks were horrible. Uh, They did find a way to fight through it on Saturday and the Sunday, but overall, just a lousy weekend uh, for the Americans. Yeah, well, Zach Zach put so much confidence, Billy, into his captain's picks that it was almost to the exclusion of the guys who made the team on points. And so, uh, you know, yes, the players all have to hit the shots. They are all ultimately responsible for how well they play. But the captain, the captain can really only mess this up one way, and that is in making risky captain's picks and then relying on them too heavily. And that's, that's really the, the format that we saw play out. And it, it was messy. That, that, final, um, that final margin of victory for Europe does not tell the story of this Ryder Cup. It was a blowout of, of epic proportions. And, the guys fought back a little bit on Sunday, but they very easily the whole thing on Saturday. Yeah, looking at uh, Johnson's six U.S. captains picks, 4-12-4. and four. Kepka was the best at 1-1-1. One, one, and one. JT won 2-1. Two, and one. Spieth 0-2-2. Oh, two, and, two. and two being the halves. Ties. Fowler 0-2. Oh, Burns 1-2. Morikawa 1-3. That's pathetic, Bill. It is, and you know, part of the part of the problem with the system is uh, it, it's good that the captain has the opportunity to pick six players, but if you're forced or strongly encouraged to pick some guys who have future captaincy uh, in their dreams, like a Spieth, Jordan Spieth was nowhere near playing at the top of his game. Uh, neither was Justin Thomas. Remember who they skipped over. Keegan Bradley, Lucas Glover, two guys who were playing really, really well at the end of the season. So you take guys who haven't played in five weeks, they're your captain's picks, and you roll them out in a pretty rough environment and expect good things from them. It didn't happen. And 12-player team won. But it, it was made worse, I think, by some of the reliance on rolling out two captain's picks in your first match. Who does that? Who starts with Spieth and Thomas, two guys that were lifting into this thing? Uh, it, just, it just didn't make sense. Bill Hobson, Michigan Golf Live, radio TV versions. One of our PGA, LPGA Tour insiders joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Yeah, you look at Cantley and the hat issue. Shoffley in the late story today almost kicked off the Ryder Cup team per his father because of money issues. Just uh, this team will go down remembered as as the worst Ryder Cup team ever. They will. Well, they're going to have to contend with the team at Oakland Hills from uh, a couple decades ago, but they certainly didn't acquit themselves terribly well. I'm, I'm still not sure what to make entirely of the Cantley thing since he has pretty 
vociferously denied anything other than just not wanting to wear a hat. It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where Kramer didn't want to wear the ribbon, um, and they made an awfully big deal out of it. Interesting to see a number of the players on Sunday also not wearing hats, so that they can't. But the, the reality is, the American team, not just this year, but in various years, has had to address the issues of selfishness and narcissism and greed. And it would be far better off for everybody, for everybody, if the players who were entertaining those questions just declined the opportunity to play. You know, fake an injury, whatever. Tell them you had COVID, whatever it is. If you don't want to go and you already know the situation, you know you're not getting paid, then don't go. You know, Xander, don't go. Because he went and played like a beginner. So if your heart's not in it, just just decline the invitation. Just because you qualified on points doesn't mean you have to do it. And there were a lot of guys. Keegan Bradley would have paid his own way to be there. I mean, hearing his heartbreak after being passed over when he should have been the next pick on points, uh, there are guys who would be glad to play. They would be all in, and it certainly would have been a a different, uh, at least a different margin. And you're not going to lose all four of your Friday morning matches if you're rolling out some guys that were all in. Yeah, I don't, you know, the veteran experience, rolling them out first, uh, the live PGA thing, I think, came into play here. Uh, it has not been a good year for the PGA Tour. It really hasn't. I know there's been some incredible moments, but not knowing what the future is with this live uh, merger buyout, whatever you want to call it, this Ryder Cup bill, uh, they're, they're going to need a PR makeover uh, starting in 2024. Well, when Captain Woods takes the charge of the team, he'll have a PR makeover because it will be it will be the biggest story in golf probably since he last won. And I, I'm anticipating Tiger being the captain at Beth Page in two years. I don't think he's going to be the captain on the next road trip. I don't know if anybody wants that assignment because we've seen recent history as the road teams in this um, in this match always get bumped. The Europeans, remember this. Yeah, we just lost badly. The Europeans lost worse when they were just here a couple of years ago. There's something now about, I don't know if it's course setup or what it is, but the road teams are in a, in a rough spot. Uh, I expect Tiger to be the captain in 25. I expect him to lay out an edict privately that says, if you don't want to be here, then do not accept the invitation because we're not going to mess around with all your petty games. And um, one would hope that you would just see some guys who really want to be a part of it. Well, and the difference between uh, Europe uh, on American soil and and Italy over this past weekend at the Ryder Cup, Billy, uh, Victor Hovland is the hottest golfer on the planet. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and and Rom and Rory delivered. You know, this was kind of Rory. Clips played of him crying, literally bawling after whistling straights because of how much uh, it all meant to him and the weight of that team being on his shoulders and they got thumped. And, uh, there was 
there was a trio at least, a trio of player leaders on that European team. I really think Hey, hey, Bill, I'm going to put you, uh, Bill, call him back, uh, Brett, would you please call uh, Bill Hobson back? Uh, we're going through a tough mobile zone there, and we'll wrap up our conversation uh, with Hobson in regards uh, to the Ryder Cup. I wanted to ask him, all right, who would you have taken captain's picks that might have made it different uh, this past weekend in Italy? Up next, uh, Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, will get to Michigan State. On the field, off the field, the latest uh, from East Lansing, Noah Kim, has he done as her QB? Uh, Billy, I did want to ask you one final question. Uh, if you were Zach Johnson, is there anything or anybody he could have picked that would have made uh, for a different outcome? Maybe not winning it, but would have made it more competitive. Yeah, you, you go down, just go down the points list. Don't jump 20 spots down to find your buddy. The six pick records. Logical reason. Hey, Superfly, uh, when you call him back, uh, why don't you wait till we get, just see if we get uh, some good mobile service with him. He's probably up north, knowing Bill, going to a golf course, right? He travels all around for his golf TV show. Let him know, okay? Just talk to him. If it's not a good connection, I won't ask the last question. And we'll do it there. See if you connect with him. We'll give it one more try before I throw my phone out the window. Just one more try. Are you talking to him? Put him on, Superfly. Let's go for it. (laughs) Let's go for it. One more. Bill, we're going to give this one more try with your mobile phone. I know you're probably driving someplace up north or going to a TV shoot for Michigan Golf Live. My question was, uh, who would have been better for this team to have a better weekend uh, in Europe? Uh, Actually, on my way to French Lick to that resort down there with about 20 viewers on a four-day golf getaway. But in answer to your question, Billy, um, I don't know why you, you don't just pick the guys who are hot. So you got to go for Keegan Bradley and Lucas Glover. You're going to exclude a couple of your friends, a couple of guys who have been very good contributors to this team. So is this about bringing in guys you already know, or is it about winning? Because the six captains picks records make it evident that he did not choose wisely. Bill Hobson, thank you so much. I I want to praise the mobile phone gods for that final uh, connection there. Safe travels down the French Lick in the home of Larry Bird. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take my bad boys t-shirt down there and show it off and see what kind of reception I get. Yeah, or maybe, uh, yeah, Celtics uh, Boston, DJ on the inbounds. I will talk to you, okay? (laughs) See you, bud. All right, Bill Hobson, Michigan Golf Live. I think he's joining the nominations for best phone connection in a live sports talk setting. And the nominees are Bill Hobson on the road in Southern Indiana. Yeah, you know why Indiana football so bad? They can't talk to anybody down there in Southern Indiana. They have no mobile service. Zero. Nada. Squad. 
Superfly, it's not you. We can't control things that are live. I don't I don't vent towards you. And the pounding of what you heard in the background, they got construction work. If you're downtown, you see them working high above this high rise. They're just like, I'm like, I'm doing a show. Come on. Brett, don't take this personally. His, a bad mobile phone can't be taken personally. Chris Ballas not answering his phone can't be taken personally. Tim Stout being on air at this time on TV in Lansing, he has priorities, which he just showed us the huge show is second to his TV gig. How that happened, I don't know. Where this relationship went south, I'm fine with it. We have a lot to talk about. We'll get to Michigan-Nebraska with Ballas when he wakes up. He's known as Chris Bear Ballas. He hibernates. You hope the smell of food will wake him up within nine hours. We got Tim Stout coming up next from Lansing. Is Noah Kim still the quarterback? We got Mark Wilson, PJ Rules official, coming up later. And you can take the interview with Hobson instead of putting it on the podcast Pour a gallon of gasoline on it and light it on fire downstairs at the corner of Monroe Center in Ionia. Besides that, I'm good, life is good, and it's a Moneyline Monday. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. If you wait long enough, the pendulum swings in the other direction. All across Michigan, police academies are filling up. In fact, new sections are being added to accommodate the brave men and women making the decision to protect and serve. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police commends and welcomes these selfless, community-minded officers joining our ranks. We know we have more work to do, and with your help, the pendulum will swing in favor for all of Michigan. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.com. TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m. And two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for Pumpkin Coin Toss. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. 
Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. We do have our McDonald's of Michigan. Best burger on the board. What's yours? Stop by your local McDonald's. Good and bad from Michigan's win over Nebraska. Michigan State's loss to Iowa. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. Major League Baseball playoff set to begin. I'll have a huge opinion on that before I'm done. We had John Vanderwall. Former Major Leaguer in studio during hour number one. Talking about the end of Miguel Cabrera's career. On my favorite Tiger list, not not the best Tigers, because you could argue old school Ty Cobb, Al Kaline, McLean Lolich. Just the Tigers I've liked. So I'm born in 61. When they won in 68, I'm seven. I think my favorite Tiger ever. Sweet Lou and Tram were great. Mark the Bird Fidrich was just an amazing phenomenon for a summer, just like, you know, Fernando was with the Dodgers. Miguel is up there with my favorite Tiger of all time. Probably Tram and Sweet Lou back in the day. I used to, I remember playing, uh, we had the tennis ball, my brother Bob, neighbor kids on Palace and Burton Heights. We would play, you know, the strikes in the middle stair ball in a ball anywhere outside of that middle stair. And I could emulate all the swings of the Tigers. Dick McCullough, Jason Thompson, Storman Norman Cash, Willie Horton, mm, Ron LaFleur. Miguel's in my... Top five, but Tram and Sweet Lou, I just, greatest double play combination ever. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports from our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Weekday mornings, 10 a.m., huge show, tape delayed. Weeknights, 6 p.m. He's standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. How you doing, my man? Good, Bill. How are you today? I was there yesterday. I was in the middle of all that yesterday. It was a... Uh... Amazing scene put on by the Tigers management. I hope Miguel Cabrera sends thank you notes to as many people as he can because I thought the Tigers absolutely went out of their way. I've never seen that kind of commitment to honoring a player in Detroit pro sports history, ever. Now, I haven't seen them all, 
I don't know what the Red Wings did for Gordie Howe and Steve Eiserman. I don't know what the Pistons did in the aftermath for their guys, let alone the Lions. I mean, I know they got a statue to Barry Sanders, but what the Tigers did yesterday for Cabrera was an amazing scene. Uh, I doubt I'll ever see that again because I doubt any athlete uh, pro athlete there will get that kind of treatment. But it, it, with whoever thought everything up, it was it, I mean, it was expensive to do what they did. It was well thought out. Like I say, I hope he sends some thank you notes because he owes them. Well, what stuck out to you being there uh, in downtown Detroit for Miggy's last game, Tim? What will you take with you that you'll remember forever? Well, I'm usually very critical of the way sometimes these pro teams – do what they do either to the fans or the way they cavort about their business. But that way, and I always say that the attendance is at these, these games at every level is completely, uh, you know, they're enlarged, they're fabricated, but that place was packed to the Raptors. And I don't know how many thousand Cabrera shirts I saw there. And I thought to myself, you know, it does reinforce the notion that Detroit is a terrific sports town if you give them anything whatsoever. Because if it wasn't for Cabrera's situation, you know, that's a three-game series at the end of the season on a good day when people could be doing other things. And that game had absolutely no relevance one way or the other but for that. And I and they were into it, man. I mean, they were absolutely into it. Those people went there to cheer. And that's what they, you know, they had not been able to cheer. It's nine straight years they missed the playoffs nine straight years they missed the playoffs and the playoffs have expanded so it's not as if the players are just four divisional winners um they were better this year but i think the division was horrendous i thought they would win a number of games at the end because when i saw their september schedule i thought they play some of the worst teams i have ever seen play major league baseball and they even though they're better i don't know if they're that much better but they they, they they're going to win a number again they had to play the dodgers three and they lost two out of three but as you you know, they romped over Oakland, Kansas City, the Angels, Cleveland, Minnesota, I mean, uh, well, Minnesota, too. The Whites, I mean, went on and on and on. So they ended up only six games under 500. And I see Scott Harris says today, the president, he's going to be active, he says, in the offseason. And and when I watched Eduardo Rodriguez pitch yesterday, he came out after the seventh inning. And I, we were in a suite. And I said, everybody around, I said, everybody's here for Cabrera. But watch the reception Rodriguez gets in the dugout after the seventh inning here because everybody knows that's probably his last pitch he'll ever throw for the Tigers, and he was very sharp yesterday. I think it's too bad they're probably going to lose him if you listen to some of the others that are close to this, but we'll see. Tim Stout on Sports and our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Hear him on the radio weekday mornings, 10 a.m. TV guy. Also, the huge show tape delayed airs weeknights at 6 p.m. Uh, Noah Kim, MSU quarterback, does he start another game for MSU? That's a tough call, Bill. That is tough. Where I was yesterday, I was among Spartans and Wolverines, and they were all arguing about that. That's a tough call. I think there's a lot that's going to happen off the field during this bye week, and I think I, I think some of that's going to go to how practice goes. If he starts at Rutgers a week from Saturday and they still struggle, I think they'll get him out of there, just as to quote Harlan Barnett last time, to get a spark. He may not start, but come off the bench. My read is is that that the quarterback's going to be fluid for them for the remainder of the year because they're two and three. If you assume they're going to lose to Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, that's two and six. So to get to a bowl game, you tell me, can they run the table and beat Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, and Rutgers? Because no. those are the other four, and they would have to sweep all of them. 
to get to six and six. And I'm not sure they can do that given the fluid nature they have. Plus, and I keep watching, I keep hitting refresh every time, are how many guys, if any, are going to be in the portal between now and next week when they play Rutgers. It may be none, could be a few, could be a number. It's hard to say because the bye week to me is a week, especially in modern-day college football, where players get a chance to kind of make a decision elsewhere because they're not focused on meetings in the immediate game ahead. So we're fascinated to see this week do they lose anybody of significance one way or the other? If I was guessing, I'm going to guess probably they will make a change. But tell Kim that if we have any problems, because I'm not convinced on those other quarterbacks whatsoever. They have no experience, and they're going to be on the road. And, you know, they got to say, well, that's a game we can win. But on the other hand, the productivity is that he's uh, Kim's got one offensive touchdown in three games. It's tough to win. I mean, it's just tough to win when you have that little. Not that it's all his fault, but because he had all those balls dropped against Maryland. But nonetheless, you know, he wants to shake things up. And my guess is to prevent these guys from all running to the portal, which they still may do anyway, my guess is they may go ahead and try to make a change there. When I saw Izzo's photo on the sidelines in Iowa City early Saturday evening, my first thought was, I wonder if Tom spoke to the team about staying committed to Michigan State or about the benefits of not leaving East Lansing. He was there in support. You got D'Antonio. Harlan Barnett isn't looking like he's totally in charge on the sidelines, just a guy that you know hasn't been there before. But when McNamara went down to the knee injury, it was sitting right there uh, to steal a win, which really then puts you halfway to a bowl game, and that was a huge loss. But I want to get your thoughts was Izzo just there as support? As far as I know, yeah, because he's been recruiting. He's been out of town. I know he was in Chicago last week recruiting, and I think he, you know, wants to be supportive as best he can. You know, he, he has long felt that as football goes, that affects basketball in any number of different ways. And uh, so that didn't surprise me necessarily that he was there, whether he's at Rutgers next week or not, kind of depends on where he's going to recruit, you know, and how convenient, you know, the whole thing is. Uh, you know, moving forward. But, you know, it's it, it's tough, Bill. As soon as Cade McNamara went down, the people I was with, I bet one guy a buck, I said, I'll take Michigan State straight up right now with McNamara out of there. He took him right down the field on the first drive. Then they got squirrely at the end. They kicked the field goal. And I thought he'll move the ball on these guys all night long. Because I thought that Iowa is going to pull out all the stops to tell its own fans, don't condemn our offense we're going to get better we're back home blah 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 prime time and they're still four and one i mean they were there whatever however you can never tell in football of course on injuries i mean how many people what would the line have been and who would have been what if you knew that mcnamara is going out in the second series and he's not going to come back and the guy they had was 11 for 27 he missed 16 passes it was and that's where the team that struggles as you know to move the ball generally. That said, somehow some guy runs a punt back 70 yards and overcomes a fumble recovery touchdown for Michigan State. I mean, the way they've lost these last two games has got to be incredibly demoralizing because that takes them out of anything. You know, when they say all of their goals are in front of them, well, that was then and this is now. 
and that's changed completely. But I think between now and Rutgers, the question's going to become what's going to happen, uh, you know, off the field relative to personnel. And they got injuries, too. You know, that Malik Carr got nicked up, and he was having a big game as their tight end. They had not been thrown to the tight end, and they did to him in that game, and he had a big game. Then he got injured. Then he came out. And then there were a couple other guys that got injured and came out of the game and didn't go back late. Now, whether two weeks is going to help them or not, uh, you know, I don't know. I agree with you on Barnett. I mean, I think they're too coordinated are pretty well doing what they do. They showed that uh, with all those coaches. It's got to be tough on those coaches, Bill, because they all know they're lame ducks, and they all know no matter what happens, they got to be thinking on the one hand, what do I do to have, you know, give our team a chance to win? And on the other hand, where in the world am I going to be next year? I would think that's got to be tough. And who will be on the sidelines next year for Michigan State football as their head coach? You hearing any intel from your connections inside MSU? Alan Haller just released a letter to the community about 10 minutes ago. I just got done reading it. He sent a letter to the Michigan State community. It's long and says very little of substance. He thanks the community and the players and the support for the team. And then he says, uh, he's rest assured, we're going to go after the very best coach we can find. I cannot give you many, if any, updates moving forward because you have to keep this secret and private to maintain the confidentiality of any uh, potential candidates. He says he'll be talking with a lot of people. He says he's doing his due diligence, which they didn't do, obviously, on Mel Tucker. But nonetheless, he says we'll be doing due diligence on candidates and rest assured we'll be going out and seeking the finest coach we can find for Michigan State. So he doesn't say anything specific on dates, on who's involved, other than the fact uh, that, that, that you know, he's on to it. And, uh, and I can't be talking to you every week about all this. It was mostly a letter. Like I say, you can read it because they just released it 10 minutes ago. It's a letter to the Spartan football community. Hang in there. Appreciate your support. Stay with the team. Stay with the coaches and all that. And we'll be looking for the best coach moving forward. So there's no specifics in there. And I tend to believe that. I think everything for them is just kind of an introductory fact-finding nature because you cannot pin some down who's a coach immediately when the season isn't even halfway over yet because those coaches, in my opinion, clearly do not have the Michigan State job on their mind. Furthermore, whoever they're thinking about, Bill, now remember, there's going to be about eight, nine, ten jobs that are open at the end of the season. That's usually the average number in Division One out of 132 schools or whatever it is. There's about ten jobs that are open. Are any of those jobs going to be considered perhaps a better opportunity than Michigan state that's all got to play itself out yet so uh, i think anybody that tells you that so-and-so is a leading contender is fantasy land i don't buy that for a minute that's just somebody throwing something against the wall to see if it will stick you can come up with some names and think well that would make sense that he might be you know considered you can probably do some of that but whether that's of any you know reality in Michigan State's case, all of that remains to be seen. The name that I see the most that just, that I get a chuckle out of because it's not going to happen, and what I don't understand is why some of these Michigan State people think this guy would get them out of the hole they're in, is Urban Meyer. He's 60, 61 years old. He has a tremendous deal now. He is He knows full well 
that all of the expertise and the success he had in college was at Florida and Ohio State, and Michigan State is not in the position Ohio State and Florida was in. He is not going to walk in the door over here and make them into Ohio State. And I cannot understand, plus the fact, off this Nassar situation, I would be shocked if Michigan State even talked to him, given the baggage that he has had in his background, which caused him some issues with his staff when he was at Ohio State of somewhat of a similar nature with all of the things that are going on at Michigan State. Even if he was interested in State, wanted to, I don't think that would get approved. I just don't see it. And I don't think he'd ever be interested anyway. I think his ship has sailed. He's done it, all right? I mean, he, he, he's out of that now. He's more fun having more fun with Fox and the Big Ten. Now, that said, if there's anybody else who's out of coaching now who they might be after and can talk to him at this point, stay tuned. Yeah, I think Urban Meyer is uh, the dream list uh, leader. Uh, and the one thing I'm looking at Michigan State fans, and I, I tell them, I said, look, you had to settle on a 5-7 and seven. Uh, coach and Mel Tucker, and I get that D'Antonio's out of nowhere resignation put him in a bind, but uh, with what has gone on uh, with this school, what is still ongoing with Mel Tucker, I don't think players are going to line up. Now, the question is, some will say, well, look at the money they're going to save with Mel Tucker. Uh, Coaches know now what the previous coach was paid. So you're going to move in somebody with no championship pedigree a big name, the hottest names and coaches, and everybody does this when the Lions had openings, when Michigan has openings, you know, everybody talks about the big name coach, Wings had openings, I, and I'm like, no, I, I think Michigan State needs a guy who can build a fresh new culture when it comes to football, a guy that would, you know, similar to what D'Antonio did, and I'll give him credit, who would bond with Izzo, who Izzo bonds with him, and together they tag team it. That's the type of coach they need. Not, you know, D'Antonio came from Cincinnati. He didn't come from Ohio State or Penn State or, you know, Southern Cal. He came from Cincinnati. All right? And Cincinnati wasn't even as big as they are today, even though they're not having a great year. So I, I, the Michigan State fans, I think, are overreaching, Tim. That's my read on it. It is. No, well, to your, I mean, I think youth has got, I, I think, a completely brand new culture. I totally agree with that. I, I think somebody, you know, I, I keep in my own mind thinking about it. If somebody said to me today, well, who would you pick? I said, you know what? I got to talk to these guys. I, I want to talk to them. I want, do you want to, why do you want this job? Okay. Why do you think you can be successful? I got to hear that from anybody. The, the thing about Urban Meyer to me is if you were going to get him, you had to get him when he was at Bowling Green. And I remember Ron Mason saying, we cannot hire a American conference coach, which went over at that time because he was a MAC coach. Nobody knew what he was going to do. So he goes to Utah and he, he wins there. Well, if they could have got him out of Utah, then, you know, what is he, 45 years old, whatever he was at the time. But he didn't come here. He went to Florida and then he went to Ohio State and then he went to the NFL. And there's been, as you know, some baggage with him along the way. But I think his ship is sail. I think, you know, look, I, I don't say hire Brian Hardline. I'd say if he's interested, I'd like to talk to the guy. I just want to talk to the guy and see, what, see if he impresses me or not. And uh, But I would say that about anybody because – 
why do you think you're going to be successful in this job? You tell me. And what do you what are the what do you think you can do here? And what do we have to do to give you the chance realistically that you think that you can be successful? I mean, right now we can't beat Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. We've got four schools from the West Coast, all of whom are good in football. We may get Clemson and somebody else. Okay, so with all those football schools coming in. Why do you think of why would you be interested in that? I would ask that of any candidate one way or the other. Who that is and who I would eliminate, whatever. I mean, I guess I got to hear from them. I, I, instead of having somebody like Saban say, go hire that guy, that guy be really good or anybody else. I want to hear what they have to say face to face with me. Now, to your point on Izzo, I clearly want him in the mix. Clearly, because Izzo... They went along to get along, but I, I, I always wondered why Tucker was at some of those basketball games in reality. I, I can't put words in Tom's mouth. To your point, though, yes, he was close with Luana Simon, Mark Collis, and he was close with D'Antonio. And that's why they they were, you know, attended to work for a few years there in the middle of, you know, the, the teens that it worked for four, five, six years, whatever it was. Moving forward, whether a football coach can go ahead and bond with Israel like that. Furthermore, I'd want Israel in on some kind of meetings just to hear what Tom thinks about what he heard somebody say to Michigan State. And look, they blew it with Tucker. They were under the gun at the time because it was February. Had that been in November and Antonio would have been out of there earlier, Tucker never would have been here. I don't know who would have because I don't think they handled Fickle right with the interview in the first place. I think with a far more, far more polished interview process, well beyond what they did, I think he still would have been here. But when he didn't come here, which shocked him a bit, then they panicked. And they not only panicked, but they offer the guy at Colorado the job of twice the money he's making. He turns it down. He says Michigan State's his dream job. But it's amazing when they offered him only twice the money at Colorado, he didn't take it. But when they jumped the money more than that, all of a sudden he did take it. I thought that was a red flag then, and I will never think differently about the whole thing. But what's done is done. And so now moving forward, are you going to eliminate those mistakes or are you going to repeat them? Stay tuned. Timmy, thank you so much, buddy. we got to run, get to a network TL. We'll talk soon. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, joining us on this Moneyline Monday. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Blue Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. We are back on the huge show across Michigan. Remember, 24-7, you can find everything you need at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. 
It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And the NFL season is stronger than ever before. And right now, new customers can bet $5 on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. All you have to do is use code HUGE when you sign up. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together for our number three on a Moneyline Monday. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Inside this hour, Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com will join us talk about Michigan's blowout win in Lincoln against the Huskers and what lies ahead for the second-ranked Wolverines. They got a few more first-place votes. Joel Klatt from Fox Sports did list Michigan as his number one team in his weekly top ten. I was thinking if Georgia would lose to Peyton Thorne in Auburn. Yeah, it's interesting to watch Peyton Thorne. And I know they lost, but it was the number one team in the country. And Keon Coleman at Florida State and Michigan State and Mel Tucker making $9.5 bucks a year at the time. We didn't know about all this garbage. Couldn't keep them around with all the booster money, with all the NIL deals they could have thrown their way. The writing was on the wall about Mel Tucker's relationship to his team, the university, and the people in Lansing who knew what was going on. The writing was on the wall. Nobody saw it. And a lot of people hear things, but they just don't go with them. Yeah, Thorne and Coleman. So if they had Thorne and Coleman, where where is Michigan State right now if they had both those guys? They beat Iowa, right? Do we agree on that? They don't beat Washington. So... That's probably where I would put them with, is it one more win? No, that's probably your number. You would go with at least one if you had Peyton and Thorne. Two and three right now. Handed to them by the Huskies. Uh, do you do you lose at home to Maryland? And Maryland's unranked. I don't know why. Every time I see the rankings come out, I'm like, these dudes are five and zero. What is it? Well, I know too many Big Ten teams in the rankings. I don't know. But that's at home, so maybe with Thorne and Coleman, they have a shot. But I'd say they have one more win for sure. Ryder Cup over the weekend, a complete disaster for the Americans. Zach Johnson, worst Ryder Cup captain ever. Mark Wilson, PGA Rules official, one of our PGA Tour insiders. He'll join us momentarily. I mentioned Clayton Safey in about 20 minutes. 
Our McDonald's of Michigan. Huge question of the day. Good and bad for the Michigan win over Nebraska and the Michigan State loss at Iowa. Also, look for your personal best burger on the board at your local McDonald's. So you tell me. Good and bad from the Michigan win, the Michigan State loss, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan, a Michigan-based bank, Michigan-based decision makers, Michigan-based team members, and most importantly, your money. Your money stays right here in Michigan. So answer that question, 1-866-838-4843. A lot of questions need to be answered when it comes to the Americans against Europe and the Ryder Cup over the weekend in Italy. Mark Wilson, PGA Rules official, also part of the prestigious Ferris State University PGA Golf Management Program. He is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. And, you know, Mark, I know we talked about it going in. I expected more, and the captain's picks by Zach Johnson were some of the worst ever. Yeah, no question, Bill. Um, there's so many ways you can look at this. Uh, and I think fundamentally you can say, you know, a lot has changed since Whistling Straits just two short years ago in 2021. When you think about the dynamic there and the conversation being, you know, would Europe ever recover to win another Ryder Cup? And in that short time, there are a significant number of changes which we can talk about that have happened but starting with the captain's picks, you know, those U.S. Captain pick, captain's picks were 4-12-2, and, and and obviously uh, disappointing uh, performances from Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, who have teamed so well in the past. Ricky Fowler apparently may be ill uh, for part of the Ryder Cup. And uh, so just a disappointing, uh, as you say, performance there. But really, in, in, a, in some respects, too, who you'd say might be the top three players on the American team, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantley, and Xander Shoffley, only a combined three, seven, and two. So really, about the same as the captain's picks. If you were Zach Johnson's uh, assistant captain, and you could go back and change the captain's picks or do something different on matchups. What could have Zach Johnson done that would have made this a better American showing in this last weekend's Ryder Cup? Well, there's really, Bill, there's a lot involved here uh, in terms of, I think, again, since 2021, the impact of LIV golf, obviously Brooks Kepka, the only LIV player in the field, uh, you know, what impact does that have from a standpoint? I think it plays far more into the American side from a standpoint of missing Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Patrick Reed, as opposed to the European side with Westwood, Sergio, Casey, Poulter, that sort of group. I think that's a, that's a big impact from the U.S. side. But clearly, from a captain's pick side, we talked about this, Bill, at the time, uh, this bypassing Lucas Glover, really not only the hottest player at the time, but one of the most accurate. And, you know, so many of the images over the weekend that you have, if you reflect back, 
are especially Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed hitting those gouge shots out of the rough, you know, repeatedly. And um, th- look, there's 2020 hindsight. We all know that. But, you know, possibly in a situation where you play in Europe, where you consider driving accuracy as a criteria. And in that case, somebody like Russell Henley, the most accurate driver on tour, might be a consideration for a captain's pick. But clearly Lucas Glover, and I think from a, from a standpoint of just inspiration, if you couldn't have Patrick Reed, you might have had Keegan Bradley. Yeah, I, I, I think they went with some of the names, which again comes in the PGA Tour, TV people, you know, Tom is struggling, Spee struggling. I, you know, you start to look at some of these guys, Mark. And Mark Wilson, PGA Rules official, one of our PGA, LPGA insiders, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. You know, I look at this group at the Ryder Cup and I think, uh, who is the rock star of American base golf at the pro level right now? Who is that rock star, that go-to guy? Hovland's been the guy uh, this past season uh, on the tour, along with Rory. Rom at times when he won uh, the Masters. Uh, who, who is the American who can go out there and win every week? Well, obviously, Scheffler is number one in the world, and we had this feeling for Brooks being the sort of intimidator, uh, but really neither of those played out. And as you saw in that historic loss uh, with, uh, with uh, Brooks and Scotty uh, playing together Saturday morning in the foursomes, uh, a nine and seven never happened before. And, the, and there's no question, if you're going to be successful in the Ryder Cup, you need your stars to step up. And you mentioned the, the change, again, since Whistling Straits. And, I mean, really, it's just been two short years. And you remember the discussion about, you know, will Europe ever win, ever win again? But you just think about what's happened over those two years. As you mentioned, Hovland has really emerged and will at some point pretty soon probably be a number one in the world player. Rom and, and Rory have just gotten better and then I'll give you a, a really good example from the middle level. 2021, I refereed on Sunday the final singles match, Matthew Fitzpatrick against Daniel Berger. And two years later, if you had to have one of those two on your team, who would you pick? Berger won that match two years ago, but who would you pick now? Uh, you go with Fitzpatrick. You know, I did like Max Homa. I thought he really elevated to that next level over in Italy. Scheffler has never looked like a number one in the world golfer to me. Number one in the world means you can dominate any course anytime. Scheffler in Italy, uh, 0 2 and 2. Speeth, 0 2 and 2. Justin Thomas, 1 2 and 1. Shoffley, 1 and 3. Morikawa, 1 and 3. Come on. My Lord. Yeah. It's ugly. Yeah. And especially to. Um, you know, Homa, this is interesting. We talked about this Friday, Bill. Only three of the U.S. players played competitively after the Tour Championship. Max Homa was one of them. He played that Fortnite event in California. Obviously, Justin Thomas played in that same event. And then the third American to play competitively was Brooks Kepka, who played in an LIV event. And, and, and really... 
you know, the, the sort of blowout that happened on Friday may have been in part because the players needed a better tune-up before they came in. Obviously, the kind of tune-up that the European team had uh, by preparing, some of them playing in the Irish Open, and all of them playing in the BMW PGA Championship in London. It would have been a perfect uh, sort of lead-in. And interestingly, too, Bill, from a preparation standpoint, you know, four regular PGA Tour members played in London in that BMW Championship, Adam Scott and Minwoo Lee, but two Americans, Tom Hoagie and Billy Horschel, played over there also. And so I think some of these players could have played in that field. Obviously, regular tour players like Rory and like Victor and John Rahm all did play over there. So that preparation, I think, was a key factor, and we, and we talked about that on Friday. They, they just needed to, to have a little more competition, and the five weeks off hurt them as well. Between Fowler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas – one win between those three. Wow. Yes. I mean, I, yes. I, you know, and we look at them, and I think you and I talked about this last summer, Mark, that we, we look at them like they're still early 20s. Like we're seeing them, you know, straight out of college, uh, Oklahoma State or Texas or JT out of Alabama. They're not. They're getting married. They're having kids. They're adults. You know, I, I do wonder when I look at those three, and I know Ricky bounced back and had a great year, and Spieth has had his moments. You know, are, are, are their best days behind them? Well, it's hard to say. And obviously one week uh, doesn't make uh, a season for anyone, but it is too bad that that uh, just about everybody, other than Max Homa, I mean, obviously there were a couple of uh, uh, semi-bright spots. Uh, uh, Harmon and Cantley were 2-2-0, two, two and, oh, and Max Homa was the only one with the winning record. Uh, three one and one played all five matches, uh, so uh, one week doesn't make uh, a season necessarily. And the foursomes clearly, uh, uh, with a Europe winning seven out of eight of the alternate shot or foursomes matches, really fundamentally made the difference. And uh, that coming out flat on Friday, what was uh, you know by Sunday. There just wasn't enough time to, to catch up. So it's hard to say. Uh, you know, will Spieth and Thomas and Fowler play well again? Probably so, but uh, time will tell. You know, one thing, when I looked at the world golf rankings this morning, and I just wanted to kind of get a feel for where the golfers are, and Scheffler at number one, colossal uh, disappointment this past weekend. But then two, three, and four are McElroy, Rahm, and Hovland, and they were the heart and soul of that team this weekend. Cantley, who played well, even with Hatgate, uh, Cantley, uh, <laughs> you know, at number, I think, six in uh, the world. Shawfly, there's another major disappointment. Now the story comes out from his dad that he was almost kicked off the team over money. Uh, he, he didn't want that. There's Homa, uh, top 10, played like a top 10 guy in the world, along with Fitzpatrick and Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark. So now you yeah. start in Spieth, by the way, is having a good year. But had an awful weekend, you know. Tommy yeah. Fleetwood. I'm looking at some of the guys in the top 20, and and I and I don't. And Brooks Kepka is right there on the edge, and I'm not defining a career in one weekend, but I think in match play, I think in high pressure situations when you're on the road in Europe, that you have to pick a different type of golfer. You do. 
no question. And match play, obviously, match play is different. The atmosphere is different. The requirements and foursomes are different. It's a kind of a unique form of play that the Europeans really have settled into, uh, and comfortably so, uh, and uh, really have have it's propelled them to a lot of their Ryder Cup wins. Which, uh, by the way, you may have mentioned this earlier, but Europe has won 10 of the last 14 Ryder Cups. So for Europe, it's not just a home field advantage for them. They certainly have had their share of wins over here. Obviously not at Whistling Straits and not at Hazeltine in 2016, uh, but uh, uh, quite a few prior to that. And so they, and, and plus, you know, really, you mentioned Fleetwood, Hatton, uh, Robert McIntyre, they all do kind of seem to be on the upswing here, especially improved significantly in the last two years. Uh, but to explain how the U.S. team came out as flat as they did, uh, I mean, they're, it, it's, it's hard to say. You know, some people feel like they should have gone maybe a little earlier, maybe arrive in Italy, say, the Thursday before. It does take a while to adjust. If you travel, it takes a while to adjust to time changes like that. That's six hours, even if you live in the east. There may be some solutions like that that would that would mitigate some of this home uh, course advantage, but but, uh, you have to improvise a little bit, too, to, to find a way. And I think, especially like I mentioned, looking at driving accuracy, and, and greens and regulation and proximity to the hole would be especially important in putting those foursomes together. Yeah, and I agree with Lucas Glover. Uh, was just on a roll, a real consistent uh, guy that doesn't get into a lot of trouble. I, I think Zach Johnson, uh, he'll go down in infamy as one of the worst Ryder Cup captains uh, that we've seen. Uh, I just didn't like the makeup of this team. There was... No swagger, what we saw at Whistling Straits. I was there. You were there. I wasn't officiating matches, but I thought I was. Uh, but uh, when I when I look at it, they're, they're, I, I don't know why this Ryder Cup, there was a bad feeling going in, and I think there was the concerns, the up-and-down play of Fowler, the up-and-down play of JT. Uh, guys left off that would have been better golfers, but not bigger names. Uh, there, you know, Zach Johnson looked like he brought along uh, guys that he knew that had great golf resumes, but not necessarily great golfers right now. Even though Spieth uh, has had a great year, it is what it is, and they uh, lose, and now they'll get back on home soil. And Beth Page Black should be very interesting. Well, there definitely will be an atmosphere in, uh, at Beth Page Black from a standpoint. If you think about those uh, New York galleries, uh, it will definitely be raucous. And there certainly will be discussion uh, between now and then about uh, captain's picks and uh, automatic selections. And, uh, you know, in the end, all, all of the American players on that team were in the top 30 in the world. And so on paper, there you go. That's why they isn't that what they say, Bill? That's why they play the games. Mm. That on on paper, what would you say? Well, this looks like a pretty solid team, but as you mentioned, for some reason, all the right chemistry just wasn't quite there this uh, weekend. And you only have one chance every two years, and they just they can't get it back till till two years from now. That's uh, that's just the bottom line. Well, and at Whistling Straits, I think the final number was nineteen to nine. The Americans hammering. 
uh, the Europeans, uh, were there players, you know, two years removed, it's amazing how we write off a guy, like even I'm like, oh, the best year is behind them. But uh, two years ago, uh, when you look at that American team compared to now, are there players that even though they didn't have the current world golf ranking resumes that should have been on this American team? Well, again, I mentioned the three players that oh, that have moved to LIV golf that certainly, you know, Bryson, Bryson won uh, twice in the last three LIV events. And so there's somebody who's hot, but obviously uh, in this case wasn't necessarily eligible. And those things will play out over the next two years as well, Bill, with whatever agreement is going to happen between the PGA Tour and the Saudi Investment Fund. Uh, we'll see how that plays out in terms of how these players might be welcomed back. Obviously, no LIV players played on the European side. And as I say, I'm not sure that they really missed, uh, you know, an Ian Poulter certainly provides a spark, but is he playing well enough? But I do think that those American players playing LIV are still in their prime. And then, as I mentioned, you know, these European players who we've talked about have really developed into into outstanding players in, in the last couple of years since that Whistling Straits Ryder Cup. And we'll see what happens in two years. You know, new names can splash. Look how quickly things change from uh, Whistling Straits uh, two years ago. And we'll see in Beth Page Black with the New Yorkers. Uh, welcome, welcome into the jungle uh, to the Europeans. That will be absolutely crazy. And Beth Page Black, also one of the hardest courses on the planet. Am I correct on that? Yes. Um, it's, uh, it really is pretty similar to Whistling Straits. Uh, a lot of elevation changes. Uh, it, just tough. I mean, it really is hard. Uh, I worked uh, the PGA Championship, obviously, there a couple of years ago. That was the first May PGA Championship uh, in 2019 that Brooks Kepka won. And I was also there for the uh, rain-delayed U.S. Open that Lucas Glover won in 2009. So there's Lucas Glover's name again. Maybe he'll be a consideration two years from now, although he'll be about 45, I think, by then. But he'll probably still be really consistent. So we'll see what happens. But you're right. Those New York galleries, mm. I've seen them at Wingfoot uh, for the PGA Championship, and I've seen them at the U.S. Open and PGA at Beth Page, and uh, they are, uh, what would you say? Ruthless. Well, remember from, that, from, remember from that U.S. Open um, from a number of years ago that that was uh, when the uh, – remember um, Sergio's waggle and how they were on him about the, yeah. the when he was addressing the ball. That was from the U.S. Open as well. Um, so they can be tough for sure. Mark Wilson can be tough. PGA rules official, one of our PGA and LPGA tour insiders joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. He's based here in West Michigan with conversation about the American failure as a group. Uh, in the Ryder Cup in Italy. Mark, good stuff as always. My man, stay out of trouble. We'll talk golf soon. Bill, it's my pleasure, and uh, thanks. Have a great rest of your afternoon. It was always a pleasure to join you. Yeah, back at you. He is a grand gentleman of the game. So, Mark Wilson. Also, Mark is part of the prestigious Ferris State University PGA Golf Management Program. If you ever want to look into a career in the game of golf, Go to ferris.edu.
NFL action continues tonight with Monday Night Football, Seahawks and the Giants. Also, another week coming up with the Lions and the Panthers. Lions are a nine and a half point favorite at home. Biggest point favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook Big Board. So, if you want to get in on the action, new customers uh, who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code HUGE can then bet five bucks on the Lions Panthers or any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings will also hook up all customers on the app with every game day specials in October if you're a customer on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So get in on the game day madness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HUGE. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when they bet 5 bucks on any NFL game. That's code HUGE. When you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. In the Den with Dan Dickerson. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We knew the final games of Miguel Cabrera's career would be special. We just had no idea how special. Two doubles and a single on Friday night. Another double and a sacrifice fly in front of a sellout crowd on Saturday. And then after two strikeouts and a pop-out to start the day before, 41,000 on the final day, his final game, a walk in his final trip to the play. But that wouldn't be the end. Miggy, for the first time this year, grabbed a glove, went out to first, got a ground ball off the bat of Stephen Kwan, won the race to the bag with the biggest smile you'll ever see, and that was it. The game stopped as he got hugs from his three children, his wife, Roseanne Hill, and his teammate. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. After the disappointment with a walk in his final trip to the plate, it was truly the perfect ending to a Hall of Fame career. Huge here for my good friend, Matt Golden. Now, he's the CEO and GM at the Tullymore Golf Resort. They're in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids. And fall golf is here, and they have some huge deals you can take advantage of on stay-and-play packages, tee times, and more. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. Also, if you want to book a Christmas party for the holidays, you want to squeeze in a business meeting, with some golf and great food and beverages. Matt Golden and his team can take care of you right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're also booking big groups who want stay and play packages, or maybe you just want to look ahead to the perfect weekend in 2024. Remember, Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Book your stay and play package or get more info now at TullymoreGolf.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver. 
Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookups, including new customers who download the app. Use code HUGE. Bet five bucks on the Lions, Panthers, or any NFL game. We'll get 200 in free bets instantly. That's code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's go talk about Michigan dominating Nebraska Saturday in Lincoln, Clayton Safey from TheWolverine.com. One of our Michigan insiders is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? Doing really well. How about you? Doing good. Uh, I love that Michigan defense. Maybe the fastest to the football that I've seen. Outside of some few deep throws in the junk touchdown when the game was over and the subs were in, I just like the first teamers on the ball for this Michigan defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been so good against the run and – you know, we knew coming in, Nebraska was going to try to do the quarterback run stuff. They were going to run some option. They were going to run some uh, traditional run game stuff and then in some read option as well. And Michigan shut all of it down early on in the game. They just stopped running the option with Henrik Harburg, their big quarterback, who's really athletic dude at six foot five. And they really had nothing they could turn to except for, uh, like you said, they did actually hit a couple of those pass plays. So maybe that's something to clean up, but. Uh, Michigan did a great job in this game defensively, uh, holding the Nebraska to just over 100 yards rushing, and a lot of it came on a 74-yard rush against the third, fourth string guys late in the game, which that's about the third time this year they've blown a shutout for Michigan. Uh, so maybe the you know the backups need to work on that. But when it's the first stringers in there, like you said, I mean it has been it has been lights out for Jesse Minter's unit. I do have the challenge concern because now you look at the schedule that looked a lot tougher. Uh, back in August, uh, before the season began, at Nebraska seemed like it would be tougher. At Minnesota seemed to be more of a concern. Even going to Michigan State, not knowing the type of team they would have then, we know now uh, this looks like at Penn State and Ohio State at home is the Michigan season. Maybe Maryland, the one little minor alarm game between Penn State and Ohio State would be that game at Maryland. Yeah, Maryland's looked pretty decent. Again, competition, um, you know, it's hard to totally judge for sure, but their big game this weekend against Ohio State, I think is going to be really interesting to watch, if nothing else. I mean, Ohio State may 
may roll them, but at the same time, they may keep it close and they may show something. So I think it's really going to come down to those three games. I guess that's not, not a bombshell, but it's going to be kind of playoff mode almost when you get to the last three games of the year, starting November 11th in state college. So Michigan has the opportunity now, as we saw on Saturday, to really rotate guys, build up depth, uh, make sure that they're staying fresh, make sure guys aren't getting hurt. And this is a pretty healthy team at this point in the year. Um, and I know they were rotating a lot Saturday because it was 95 degrees out in Lincoln as well. But they put an emphasis this year on staying healthy. And I think they know that their schedule affords them that opportunity where, yeah, get your guys in there, get them a lot of work, uh, but also get a lot of guys a lot of work so that at the end of the year you're, you're peaking in November. And, you know, because even last year they did a great job going to Ohio State and winning and finishing off the season strong. But – they were banged up. Uh, it wasn't just Blake Corum. There were other guys that were hurt towards the end of the year. So I think right now their focus is, is winning the game, but also getting out of there healthy and knowing that the tougher tests are down the road. I thought as the Nebraska game got going, I started to see a little bit of the old Michigan O-line that I watched last year. No doubt. I, I thought really, really from start to finish, they really made a statement. Nebraska was uh, ranked number one in the country in rush defense coming in. And obviously – this time of year, some of those yards per game stats are a little bit deceiving, but uh, best believe those Michigan coaches were hammering those stats home all week long, and, and the guys talked about that, how motivated they were. New combination on the starting offensive line. They had Ladarius Henderson in there at left tackle. They moved Carson Barnhart from left tackle to right tackle, and I thought especially the run blocking was as good as it has been. They rack up 249 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, uh, they gave J.J. McCarthy a lot of time on some plays. There was a little bit of leakage and pass protection. Um, but Jim Harbaugh talking today, he really he really liked the left side of the line with Ladarius Henderson over there at left tackle. So I think we could see that stay as the group. Uh, but he also mentioned that they might need to rotate some guys in because they have so many capable players. So I think it's not 100% solidified yet, but I think we're starting to see no matter who's in there, those guys are, are playing much better. And even in the first few games, too, they just weren't living up to their own lofty standards. They were still playing pretty good football up there. Uh, but it really all came together Saturday, and that was that was pretty dominant up front against what is a, a pretty solid and, and big Nebraska defensive line. Another area I liked, you know, some playmakers at receiver going to Cornelius Johnson, going to Clemens, guys who I think can help J.J., can help this offense not be vanilla at times against better opponents. So you take the O-line, you take the receivers. We know what you got in Corum and Edwards and the tight end with Loveland. I just really like bringing the athletes on the field like Johnson and Clemens. Yeah, I mean, they had what a bunch of different guys that, that caught a pass. And, you know, Roman Wilson's kind of been the go-to. Oh, guy he's a stud, now. though. That guy, you know, now yeah. that, that's, your, that's your Ronnie Bell guy. He's just a stud. It, that's your Ronnie Bell guy, but he also, I think he's got a higher ceiling than Ronnie Bell. I yes. think that, that he's going to, you know, in terms of touchdowns, he's already got eight on the year, which is what Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, ended the year with in 2018. That's the most for a Michigan player in a season since Donovan Peoples-Jones. He ended the year there. This is only five games. I know the competition hasn't been great, but I think Roman Wilson's got a really high ceiling. I was reading Dane Brugler, uh, who does a great job covering the NFL draft for the Athletic, and last week he said – he'd be surprised if Roman Wilson gets out of the top 100 picks. He's been that impressive and, and that improved, you know, and he's, we heard the stories about, you know, he doesn't go home much uh, being from Hawaii and he's stuck around here in the summers and has just worked and worked and worked to get to this point. But when JJ McCarthy's scrambling and Roman Wilson 
is just streaking across the field, as we saw on that one, I think, 21-yard touchdown. Where J- I mean, they made it look effortless, but that's a really tough play. So Roman Wilson's been great. And like you said, they're kind of building – um, you know, a, a bigger arsenal of wide receivers. Darius Clemens finally healthy now. He looks really good, I thought, on a couple different plays. We know what Cornelius Johnson brings in the tight end. So um, when J.J.'s on the move, when J.J.'s making plays like he did on Saturday, I think this offense goes to a completely you know, different level. And that's why I did see him progressing towards that level. And I think I said it right after uh, the game ended in Lincoln that they look like the number two team in America Saturday. Not that I had doubts, but they they look like they had the athletes to win it all, in my mind. Yeah, we, we kind of figured that, that they had that gear, but we hadn't really seen it yet, right. you know, early, early on in the year. And then they go out and do it on the road when people are kind of questioning them, oh, is this going to be a tight game, or is Nebraska going to be able to stop the run? And I just thought in every facet just about uh, it was a complete performance. Um, it, it was 87,000 fans there. And it was a pretty decent atmosphere in the pregame. We were walking around on the field. And then, you know, with, after that first drive, and then they get the interception on the second defensive play, I mean, that, that crowd was a complete non-factor. And, and I think Jim Harbaugh, I, I know this, takes a, a great deal of satisfaction in going up and, and really silencing opposing crowds. And, and next thing you know, Michigan fans are moving down and moving down, and the, the Nebraska fans are filing out. That was a complete domination on Saturday, uh, you know, and you can nitpick and, and we will, you know, a couple areas, obviously, but from start to finish, I thought that was a, a brilliant performance. I agree. They look, like I said, look like the number two team in America. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. I did see one of your tweets here within the last 30 minutes. Michigan fans, ticket prices continue to drop for the Wolverines October 21st game at Michigan State going on there are the spartan fans gonna bail on a home game against the wolverines and make money selling their tickets well yeah well maybe um i I was talking to some michigan fans out in lincoln Mm. over the weekend that are they're planning on making a trip in now to the state of michigan for that game and, and others that have talked about it so it seems like you look at social media a lot of michigan fans talking about um, you know, trying to raid Spartan Stadium there on, on October 21st. Obviously, they're in disarray, and Michigan's having one of those special seasons where just, you know, or, or it looks like, you know, they could again, and I think people just don't want to miss a second of it. So what you'll get is some smart Michigan State fans who will say, I can make a boatload of money selling these on the secondary market, and I'll watch a game at home, our team looks like they're going to struggle to win two more games tops. They'll be in that neighborhood of four and eight that some incredible broadcaster predicted third week of <laughs> August on the Hield show that you're going to, you can go sell them, make double the money on your tickets, stay home and watch it. How sad would that be if that Spartan stadium is full of maize and blue on October 21st? Wow. Yeah. And it'd be, uh... You know, it's just kind of the way it goes. Um, you know, we've seen Ohio State come into the big house and do that. We've also seen the Lions, not only in Kansas City, but even more so in Green Bay last Thursday. That was a heck of a thing to watch with all that Honolulu blue there. I'm sure you've talked a lot about that. Um, so it's just kind of the way things go. When, you know, when teams are, are hot like this, like Michigan, and especially, too, it's built over the last few years. But now people are, you know, I'm on, I'm on flights over the weekend to and from Omaha uh, going in and, and then driving over to Lincoln and there was just maize and blue everywhere. So 
Uh, it's one of it's just one of those things when you're a, you're a hot team at this point, and when the other team's not as much, that could happen. So I know a lot of Michigan fans that want to ma- you know make sure there's a lot of maize and blue in Spartan Stadium in, in late October. And the Michigan State fan, late October, team going nowhere. Right. Searching for a head coach, you can make some cash and hang out and watch a game at your local sports bar. And Michigan fans will take over Spartan Stadium, which probably would be, I don't know, Berlin Wall coming down. I'm trying to think of other things, <laughs> other historical comparisons I could make. Wow, that would be crazy. Uh, Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. Everything Michigan football and University of Michigan Athletics 24-7 at the Wolverine.com. My man, good stuff today. Oh, and thanks for making sure that we talked about all the Lions fans in Green Bay. I appreciate you having our back. <laughs> That's right, of course. Thank you, Clayton. We love you. He didn't know what to say. Superfly pointed at him, so I'm coming back on that one. He didn't know what to say. He's a good guy. Anthony Broom, Chris Ballas. Clayton Safey and Doug Skeen, the Wolverine team from the Wolverine.com. Love having all those guys on. We do have one final segment straight ahead. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Join Van Andel Institute Purple Community for the Be Brave 5K Walk and Run in Caledonia on October 7th at 8 a.m. You can participate in a day of fun and exercise all while supporting breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss. And you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m. And two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for pumpkin coin toss. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. How would you like to win $1,500 in cash from Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Carter Dorn Mayhew Firm? All you have to do is beat my pro football picks and you could be the winner. Get your picks in until early Sunday morning at thehugeshow.net. Over to Tracy for breaking news. We have super good news, Dave. The super sale is back at Meyer Friday and Saturday only. Get the biggest savings on Meyer sliced bacon, fresh Meyer chicken tenderloins, select apples, Sargento cheese, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products, plus deposit where applicable, and brawny paper towels. Get Meyer super sale deals in-store or online while supplies last. Now that is super. Shop this Friday and Saturday only during the Meyer super sale. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. 
We are back live wrapping up our Moneyline Monday. Thank you, Superfly. Also, I want to give a shout out to anybody living on the northwest side of Grand Rapids, actually in Alpine Township. I have a lot of good people up there who are fighting to keep some green space. The Gracewell Golf Club was sold and a developer wants to put a ton of homes and just kind of bring suburban sprawl to an area uh, that deserves that green space. So on November 7th, uh, there will be a referendum in Alpine Township and those that want to keep that green space vote no on 23-01. That's voting no on 2301, or if you get your absentee ballot in, uh, a no vote just means uh, that you'll get the growth and green space you deserve if you're in Alpine Township, northwest side of GR. A lot of good people up there uh, fighting uh, for their neighborhood. 24-7, everything you need is at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge.